You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind the scenes juice on Bachelor in Paradise and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 251. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good show for you this week. We got Kristen Baldwin from EW.com, television critic, on the podcast for the fourth or fifth time, I believe. We're talking Bachelor in Paradise, but we're also talking other shows on television right now that I'm interested in. We talk a little bit uh, about Big Brother, talk briefly about that surfing show that I don't even know the title of, and a couple other ones. We'll get to that uh, momentarily. So not a whole hell of a lot to get to uh, before we get started here and talking about things. Again, I know a lot of you are asking in regards to The Bachelor. I'll say what I've been saying all along. I haven't heard anything different um, from what I reported weeks ago that I I heard it was going to be Greg. And I haven't heard anything different. I know um, yesterday I got a ton of emails of people convinced now that it's going to be Michael because he went on Nick's podcast. Didn't listen. Don't care. If it ends up being Michael, great. Um, If I find out anything that it ends up being Michael, I'll let you know. But I haven't heard anything different. So I, I, I don't know what to tell you. There isn't there just isn't anything to report if if I I like. When it comes down to Bachelor stuff and even Bachelor information, like I'm recording this now on Wednesday night, this open, I could find out something tomorrow morning, and then I would just have to tweet it out. I could find out something in a week. I could find out something in two weeks. I just never know when I'm going to find out stuff. So it's a little tough sometimes being held to some sort of timeline when I've never given any sort of timeline of when I'm going to know anything. I never know when I'm getting stuff unless I literally get a text or a tweet or an email that says, hey, I'll call you tonight and let you know, or I'll text you tonight and let you know. And that doesn't happen very often. So if I find anything out more about The Bachelor in terms of who it is, um, maybe who's even hosting, which I don't know either, and when the announcement uh, is supposed to be coming, I will let you know. But as of right now, don't know anything about that. So um, anything different from what I heard uh, three weeks ago, whenever it was, I reported that, yeah, I heard it was, was going to be Greg. And, you know, we'll just take it from there. I don't there's not a whole hell of a lot to say after that. Um, I do want to address a little bit the the issue that's going on uh, online with the harassment of the contestants again. And Kristen and I get into this on the show uh, a little bit. We talk about it a little bit. You know what happened with Piper and Brendan and not so much what happened. We all saw what happened. I mean, there's nobody that can really sit at home and defend what they saw. It's the handling by both of them post Monday's episode airing, you know, just questionable. Why, why are they doing what they're doing? It just seems the easiest route would be, yeah, you know what? We planned something. It blew up in our face. Hell, make a joke out of it. Be self-deprecating about it. And people I think would, be more inclined to be like, okay, they're not complete jerks, but they've gone the total opposite way. And I I just don't know why they would do that. Just say, yeah, we, we had a plan. We were dating pre-show and we thought we would pull one over. It totally blew up in our face. We look like fools. 
And, yeah, we're sorry. We're sorry to the people in the cast that we tried to keep a secret from them. Sorry to the people at home who think we were trying to um, be shady or whatever. And we apologize. We should never have done that. We are happy now. Well, they can't talk about their status now, but they, they are dating now. And they, they'd have to wait till the finale airs before they can say that. But at least address what's happening now and stop doubling down and saying here, you know, her quoting Lizzo rumors are true songs and Brendan saying on Instagram on Monday here for the wrong reasons. It's just like you're making it worse for yourself when it could easily be better. And I don't know. But with that said, again, if you're a fan and you don't like either of them, which you have every right to not like them after what happened on Monday's episode, that's fine. But you saw my tweet yesterday of the screenshot that somebody put out there in regards to some of the comments on Brendan's page. Just like, why? Just ignore them. It's, it's you know, Chris and I talk about this, same thing. The, the, the best way to get back at these contestants that have have got you so fired up that you just can't, you can't hold it in and you're so fired up and you're so upset at them, the best thing to do is just ignore them because that's where it's going to hurt them the most. If they have no engagement on their Instagram and barely anybody comments, that's the best way to get back at them. That's all you have to do. But sitting there saying, oh, Brendan, you know, he, took, he posted a picture, I think, with his nephew and people are attacking that. Oh, you want this little kid to look up to you? It's just like, look, I don't think what the guy did is great either, but I'm not going to take it out on a picture of him and his nephew. I'm not even going to comment on any of his pictures. Just let it go. There's nothing that's going to come good out of you bashing somebody on an Instagram page in their comments section of a picture of him and his nephew or whoever it was. It's just silly. And you just read some of this stuff and you're like, gosh, just let it go. Engage. He's not, put it this way, he's not going to write back to you. He's not going to engage with you. I don't know what your whole point is. Great, you're mad at him. He doesn't need to know because he doesn't care about you. And you shouldn't care about him because he doesn't care about you, let alone even know you. So what's the point of expressing your feelings towards him? It's not going to change anything. And it's going to make you look a little psychotic that what you're seeing on a TV screen has gotten you so upset and so bothered and so irritated. Like you can tell the, the, the things that people say, they are really bothered to their ultimate core. When you take the time to thumb out a tweet or post on somebody's Instagram comments, something mean and nasty, just let it go. Who cares? They don't need to know because they don't care what you have to say about them. If they did, they would have acted differently. So it's my PSA for the day. Nobody's going to listen. I mean, I, I mean, I've been saying this for years now and what happens every season, every season that there's a person who gets portrayed negatively on the show and Brendan rightfully so did. He deserved for people to criticize him, but there's a difference between criticism and hate and he's getting hate. And, you know, some people even say to me, Steve, he needs to be held accountable. What does that even mean? Seriously, I'd like an answer. What does it mean to hold Brendan accountable for what he did on the show Monday night? 
The only thing to hold him accountable, really, I, I, I'm thinking just maybe he should not be able to profit off his Instagram, which ignore and unfollow. That's a way he wouldn't be able to profit. And clearly he's lost a lot of followers, but you know, this, this being held accountable thing, I, I get what you're saying, but give me an example. What does Brendan, what happened on the show Monday? What does that ha- What does it mean to hold him accountable? Give me an example, because I keep hearing that all the time. Brendan and Piper should be held accountable for their actions on Monday. Okay. But the show's already done filming. They can't go back and change it. What does that mean? So I, I would just, you know, we, we go through this every season. You know, when Michelle's season start air, starts airing, I'm sure there's going to be a guy on her season that gets under everybody's skin, just like Thomas did on Katie's season. And to a little extent, smaller extent, Hunter uh, got on people's nerves on um, on Katie's season as well. But mostly it was Thomas. And the vitriol and hatred towards Thomas during Mich- uh, Katie's season is completely now forgotten because he's dating a fan favorite. Like, <laughs> you have no idea the stuff that I was getting told about Thomas and how many people had a opinion, just like they have an opinion about Brendan. They felt the same thing, if not even harder about Thomas. And now it's just like, Oh, you know what? The guy's kind of, yeah, yeah. Okay. We know you think that because he's dating Becca, who's someone you like and maybe it worked for him. So anyway, um, yeah, but it happens every season and you know, I can sit here and pre warn you about Michelle's season. I don't know who the villain is. I'm sure I'll find out at some point, but whoever it is, the same thing is going to happen. I guarantee. Mark this podcast down, September 9th. I'm going to refer back to it because I'm going to say, remember on September 9th when I told you whoever Michelle's villain is, you're going to, he's going to get a bunch of shit online and people are going to throw hate at him and probably get some death threats. It's like wash, winch, rinse, repeat. You say it every season and none of the uh, attitude of this. And look, if you're someone who doesn't write on people's pages and doesn't thumb out mean tweets, then we're not talking about you. You're you're excluded, but we are. I do know that there are people that listen to this podcast that do do that kind of thing, and and do do that stuff. And it's just it's just embarrassing. It's just a it's a horrible look. But unfortunately, this is just the way it is. This is toxic bachelor nation. This is what they do, and we've been saying it for years, and it never goes away. So for people who say that go on this show, this is not what I signed up for. I mean. It doesn't say it in the contract that this is what you're signing up for, but just know this is what comes with the territory now. The ability to be trolled hard online if something doesn't come across well on television. That is part of the gig now, 100%. So you can't, saying I didn't sign up for this isn't good enough anymore. You you know what these what this toxic fan base is capable of now because we see it season in and season out. So, yes, it doesn't say it in your contract that's what you're signing up for, even though the contract specifically states you can be lied to, you can be manipulated, you can be embarrassed, you can be surprised, and you have no repercussions uh, towards the show whatsoever. So, anyway, um, this is what the show is now. You're just going to have to accept it. And, um, you know, Kristen and I get into it a little bit and talk about it. And, um, yeah, it's it's just it's the way of the show now. So, Anyway, let's get going. Podcast number 251. Okay, let's bring her in. She is a TV critic at EW.com. One of my favorite people to talk to about all things Bachelor, but also TV in general. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about. It is Kristen Baldwin. Kristen, how are you? I'm good. How are you? 
First things first, our boy Marty Cove is on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> I mean, so exciting. <laughs> so exciting. I mean, I know I, I know. in the past talking to you, you're not a Dancing with the Stars fan. You don't watch the show. Are you going to watch now that Marty's on? <laughs> I may have to at least watch his first dance. Like, I'm a little concerned. Because that might be his only might, one. <laughs> yeah, that it might be tragic. Because, you know, it's it gets really hard to watch when people just are doing their best but they aren't good but he might be i mean he's obviously athletic he you know he knows how to uh do martial arts so it could translate we i don't know i'm just here for the marty renaissance i i am happy for him to get as much attention as he possibly can well the amazing thing is and you know maybe people know this maybe they don't he's 75 years old he doesn't strike me as 75 you know no no he definitely like if I am that uh, sort of, if I'm that good, look, you know, sort of healthy, healthy and like strong and, you know, vibrant looking as he as he is at 75, I'll be very happy. Well, I mean, Ralph Macchio is 60 and that's just ridiculous to think. I mean, I mean he looks he's got a portrait. He's yeah. got a portrait in the attic somewhere. It's just not right. Yeah. I mean, the fact that that guy is 60 is just amazing to me. Um Sheesh. <laughs> it's just it's it's crazy. Uh we'll get to the we'll get to Cobra Kai later on because we're definitely gonna talk <laughs> about that. Um yeah. okay, let's jump into Bachelor in Paradise. Quite a lot yes. happening this season. A lot of messiness, a lot of so much head scratching things to say the least. Um have you enjoyed it thus far? I have. You know, I my initial thought was, you know, they were casting some duds in terms of like people where it just seemed like they had that, you know, how often by the end it, you're sort of straight scraping the bottom of the barrel. Um, but in the beginning of this season, I was like, is this really the best they could do with, with these contestants? But I will say the amount of messiness and also the like intense and worse than ever lack of self-awareness has made it very, uh, very fun to watch because they're all just, I mean, you and I were texting about this. They're all just completely unable to see the hypocrisy in their own actions, which is delightful. It's delightful. Well, it's, you know, this is the, you know, we didn't have a paradise last season. So we knew going into this season, they had four seasons to choose from. Yes. They had, yes. Pe- they had Peter's women, they had Claire and Tasha's guys, they had Matt's women, and they had Katie's guys. So right. it was the biggest pool to choose from. Now, I think, you know, you, you talk about some of the names and the big names, and you're just like, wow, is this the best they could do? And, you know, kind of when you think about it, when you look at Peter's season, Four of his top five women didn't make it, and the one that did, Kelsey, got eliminated at the first rose ceremony. I mean, Victoria F. not on the show, Maddie not on the show, Hannah Ann not on the show, Kelly not on the show. I mean, those are his four. Those are his top five, along with Kelsey. So, I think that hurt them. They were all. They were all obviously the show wanted them, and they all turned it down, and they all just didn't want to do it. Um, Certainly, that probably hurt things. I think the fact that. And I, I've brought this up in the column, and and I've mentioned it on the podcast, but I don't know how many people, you know, really read anymore. I think a lot of people just skim stuff. But right, um, <clears throat> you know, the fact that this is the first time when 
Bachelor in Paradise started filming, there hadn't been at least a couple episodes of The Bachelorette that aired. So every guy from Katie's season that's down there, none of the other contestants knew a thing about them. Right. Other than Becca, who had seen, been given episodes to watch because she had a podcast to record. So right. it's just... It, it's just kind of weird to look at it that way. Usually they at least have an idea of, oh, you're so-and-so. And, you know, they don't know who James is or Trey was or or Thomas or Aaron or what they did. So they just have right. to go on what the other guys were saying. So I think that hurt them in that aspect. But when you look at, you know, Matt's season, who, who did they, you know, Matt's top women, obviously they didn't get Michelle and they didn't get, um, you know, Rachel. But uh, right. Matt's top three. Bree didn't do it, so you don't have – the first three finishers on Matt's season. Who finished fourth on Matt's season? I'm already forgetting. Um, well, I mean, Serena self-eliminated. At four. At, yeah. Yeah, at four. Okay, so they got Serena P. They got one of his yeah. top four. I'm just looking at top four. So Peter, oh, okay. you got one of his top five. Uh, Tasha's season looks like <clears throat> most of her guys. Brendan was third. Um, ben didn't do it. Obviously, she's with Zach. Uh, Ivan did it. So you got... You got some. You got most of Tasha's top guys, and then right. Katie's top. You didn't get Katie's top guys, but you got a lot of her guys. So I think it's just, I don't know. They could they have yeah. gotten better people? Sure, yeah. But I mean, I was just looking at the original list, thinking like, you know, I didn't, I couldn't remember anything about Deandra, for example, or Marissa, and I was like, I don't understand why these women are, you know, like they don't seem like first round picks to me that said I was proven wrong because at least, you know, Deandra, that whole stuff with the necklace was hilarious. Marissa had an interesting storyline, you know, uh, dumping Connor with, uh, you know, to go for Riley. So it ended up working out fine, but it's almost like as viewers, I was, I was like, you know, not, it was almost like watching strangers. Cause I'm like, yeah, I don't remember a single thing about these women from the actual show. And and maybe that's okay because uh, especially for the contestants too, like you said, they don't know anything about uh, Katie's men, but isn't that, shouldn't that be how it is on a dating <laughs> show? Like that somebody comes in and you don't know them from their social media. On the other hand, we all know this is an incestuous, uh, very in- interconnected community. And of course that's come into play quite a bit this season. Yeah. And I think that was the thing that I wanted to, you know, talk about. It's, it's something that's come up the last couple seasons where it's really taken off. I can't remember what season <laughs> it started. I mean, the first one that I remember really, it was a major storyline was Joe and Samantha. And I can't even remember what numbers bachelor in paradise season that was, but they had a pre-show relationship. They tried to play it off right. like they didn't. And, it was clear Joe was waiting for her to come on and then they people called them out on it and they lied and whatever. That was the first time I remember it really happening. The first few seasons of Paradise, it never these people did kind of know each other, or at least met or, you know, conversed over online or something like that. But in the past course, few seasons, yeah. this is what it's become now. I mean, if the show didn't lean into it, it would be disingenuous disingenuous or disingenuous i always forget which the word disingenuous okay yeah it would be disingenuous if they didn't play into it they have to do it because we know there's meetups there's hookups pre-show exactly and that's the thing like it's actually i think the franchise as a whole has gotten better about sort of breaking the fourth wall you know no longer pretending 
that, you know, this show happens in a bubble, you know, obviously it happens in a COVID bubble, but in terms of like, you know, addressing, like even with Alea when she left and came back and had all this stuff that she read on online about, you know, probably your column and she came back and spilled all that. And that became part of the storyline. I think it's good that the show, you know, incorporates that stuff. And so in this case, you know, yeah, the indignation when people are like, oh, you know, how dare they have talked to each other beforehand. It's a di- for me, I feel it's different than, yes, they met before and yes, they were hoping to see, you know, a specific person when they got there versus they clearly like schemed out an entire plan to boost their Instagram followers, like actually planned it as opposed to just vaguely hoping for it. And I think that's the distinction between Brendan and Piper, for for example, and like Chrissy, who, by the way, what yeah. is that guy? Uh, Chrissy and what's her face? Alana. Yeah. Um, you know, Brendan and Piper, obviously the biggest story this week. And you know, I've heard some things behind the scenes about what possibly could have happened. I don't know if it's, there's any sort of solid confirmation on this. So, the the story that was told to me was before they were ever serious, you know, Brendan had been approached about going on, you know, they approached these people a couple months early and like, Hey, are you interested? And, yeah. And Brendan had agreed, you know, or I told them that he was interested and wanted to do it. And then, you know, you've got a couple months there where you're obviously hanging out and you're, you're seeing people. And then, um, he starts seeing Piper and things getting serious, but it's also like, Hey, I, I'm going to do the show. So let's tap the brakes a little bit. And then I heard Piper wasn't doing the show because she couldn't get off of work or something like that. So my and th- so then I was hearing so maybe production tricked Piper to the point of not telling her anything was going on between Brendan and Natasha. That's why she was so gung-ho and seemingly oblivious when she walked on the beach and immediately asked him without even talking to any other of the guys doesn't excuse their conversation on the day bed and what happened after that, because that was right. just pure ignorance on their part. I'm just trying to think of why Piper seemed so clueless to everything. And I do see a pathway where production played a role in terms of how she appeared on the show and what she knew beforehand, which was basically nothing that makes sense to me. Once she got well, there, maybe, it's all on her. Yeah. But the thing is like, she had to know that he was getting roses from someone she had. And you know, it's not necessarily production's job. Like they can tell them or not tell them whatever they want. And by the way, I mean, you know that I am very obsessed with this, but like, if you look at the eligibility requirements, they literally sign on for humiliation. So I like, literally it's in the eligibility requirements. So I object to the use of like tricked because there is no, you know, they are very clear about what's going to happen to you when you go on that show and any reality show, by the way, I don't really think this is uh, specific to bachelor. So yeah, I mean, could they have told her? And so she would have been a little more delicate and we don't know, maybe they did, maybe they didn't, but on the, Mm. you know, the bottom line is they, they went in there planning to get a free vacation and hundreds of thousands of more Instagram followers so they could, you know, make more money. And you know, it backfired. Yeah. And it's actually been glorious to watch uh, their Instagram count, uh, you know, plummet over the last couple of days. Well, Brendan's at least. Fiber's really not taking anything. She's less than 10,000. Well, no, she's gone down a couple thousand at least. Yeah, he's, but, he's, but Brendan's close to 100,000. Yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean, it's... Yeah, he's nosedived and it's delightful. The difference between those two in terms of how much they've lost. Now, obviously, granted, Brendan started with a lot more. He started with 
340 on Monday, and he's already down to 240 or something like that. Um, 277. 277. Yeah, he's, it's, it's going down steadily. So, I mean, you talk about the eligibility thing, and, and that's what I mean. Like, it literally says they can flat out lie to you. Like, it says 100%. they can it lie to you. It says they can you. violate your civil rights. It yeah. literally says they can violate your civil rights, and you agree to not hold them liable for that. So, yeah. like, you can't sue them for it. You can't sue them yeah. for it, but what we see now, what we what we see, it seems like seemingly every season where someone gets a bad edit or someone gets, you know, a, a negative edit. I guess there's the difference between bad edit and negative edit, you know, because I mean, yeah. just the word yeah. edit in general has become just a sticking point because I just use the word edit to say what we're seeing on TV, like Brendan's edit. Right. Piper's edit. Some people even called me out on the word edit yesterday when I'm just like, look, I'm just saying edit so I don't have to say the phrase what we're seeing on TV with Brendan. Like, I just right, said Brendan's right. edit. So yeah. not saying that he was edited to look this way. I'm just saying the edit that we're seeing on the show. Anyway. Exactly. Um, but when that happens, seemingly the thing that all the contestants do now is immediately run to their Instagram stories and their Instagram yep. feeds and give us the whole spiel about this is a television show. There's many more hours that are filmed that you don't get to see. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, we get it. Mm-hmm. We know. Like, how many times That's what does Piper that happen? Did. Yeah, it's yeah, what Piper did. Yeah. And how many times do we have to hear that from these contestants where it's just to the point of the boy or girl who cried wolf now? It's like, okay. Exactly. Well, and it's also like, you know, you can sort of tell when somebody's getting where, where you're. And where the production is intentionally giving you sort of a specific view of a character, but, or of a person, but the, with Piper, like they said what they said, we saw their mouths moving. We saw them, you know, talking to each other on the day bed about, you know, promotion and about, uh, you know, how excited they were that her name, she was going to get so much screen time even before she arrived. Like that is not taken out of any kind of context. A hundred percent. I'm sure there were conversations. Maybe she did go talk to Natasha before she gave the date card. You know what I mean? Like, we don't know. Um, But there's a difference between saying like, oh, they made this up versus, uh, you know, I I need to take some accountability for my actions. Well, the thing about Piper's Instagram story, it was just it was cryptic and it wasn't detailed. Like if you're going to call somebody Mm -hmm. out or call the show out. Be specific. You were yeah. so vague. If you were lied to, then say, I was lied to. I was told this, 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 and this. That's uh-huh. why I did this, this. You're just like, but her Instagram right. story was so vague and so cryptic. To me, the way I read her Instagram story was, and maybe I totally read it wrong, but I felt that she was calling out Natasha because she saw the popularity that Natasha was getting after Monday night, and I felt that she was pissed at that. And she was calling out Natasha, saying Natasha knew about her and Brendan all along. But I don't think that's even no, I don't think I that's mean, even I being questioned I because I Natasha yeah. did know about Piper and Brendan. That's why she went to Brendan. And Brendan's answers were the reason Natasha felt the way she did. Like, OK, right. I asked him about this and his answers are assuring me that either it wasn't serious with Piper or it wasn't even a thing to begin with. Like, exactly. So I don't yeah. know what Piper's getting at. I didn't read it that way. I read it as her trying to make the vague, like, oh, I was just given a villain edit thing. You know, you, there's a lot you didn't see that would have changed your mind. It's, and it's, you know, m- maybe, but what we did see was very clearly, you know, she what she didn't do in this, you know, 
statement, I'm not even going to call it an apology, is she didn't take any accountability for, like, if she had just even thrown in a line of, like, you know, in in retrospect, you know, I'm, I, I am sorry that my actions hurt another person, you know, like, just literally anything. But she was more just like, hey, guys, it's all fake. It's a TV show and everything, you know. And it's just kind of like, no, honey. And nobody was buying it. I mean, if you, you know, if you look at the reactions to her statement, nobody was buying it. Yeah. And it's it's convenient for her narrative, because what about Mm -hmm. what about when you were on Matt's season and that the issue came up on her season where what about when she uh, went after um, I think she was one of the more vocal ones when what's her face showed up on the show, Heather. So yeah, so yeah. so if it's edited now and it's just a television show or whatever, what about on Matt season? How come I would, yeah. how come no statement was released then? I think my thing right now with Brendan and Piper is look, as I say every season, nobody deserves death threats. Nobody deserves no. to be called names. You can hate the way Brendan and Piper acted, and you can disagree with the way they acted on the show, which you probably should. It, there's there's no there's yeah. no covering for them. They acted like complete idiots. They acted like pretentious assholes. And they came across horribly on the show. That doesn't mean they need to be called um, names on their Instagram account and you need to blow up their comment section and stuff like that. However, I don't know. They're certainly not helping themselves with the way they are reacting to people's reaction of them. Brendan posting on Monday here for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Piper yeah. posting before the episode aired, the Lizzo song about rumors yeah, being rumors true. Are true. It's yeah. just like they're leaning into it and they clearly don't. If you can't pretend like you don't care what the people think and then release statements telling people don't believe everything you see. It's just. Well, right. And I, I, do, think doing? They, I do think they initially maybe thought, they could sort of laugh it off and that's why we're, they were leaning into it. And then it became, cause Piper posted, you know, the lip sync, the rumors are true song. And then like, it was, you know, a day later or several hours later that she, you know, posted the story like, Hey guys, everybody calm down. And, you know, it, maybe they thought they could laugh it off, but I do. Uh, I, I think the most, I agree with you a hundred percent that like the abuse and, you know, I'm sure, Piper's probably getting some, you know, terrible racist abuse as well, no doubt. The most powerful thing we as Bachelor Nation can do to these people when they when they act in ways that we disapprove of, unfollow, ignore. That is the the biggest dagger you can stick into their hearts, you know, because what they want is attention. So rather than spewing vitriol at them, which is not helpful and not healthy and, you know, not the right thing to do, unfollow ignore and then you know that's the deepest cut you can give them yeah i just i don't know what pr person has gotten a hold of them because if i'm them right now they and and look they're not going to come on my podcast but certainly there's bachelor nation podcasts that they can go on (laughs) yeah why not just go on a podcast and just admit it hey we tried to game the system yeah we were dating pre-show we've been dating well they can't say they've been dating post-show yet um Wait till after the finale. But yeah, we tried to game the system. We had a horrible plan. It totally backfired on us. We apologize to our, our, the people on our season that, uh, we, we went about it this way. 
uh, apologize for the things they said on the daybed together, whether they thought they were being mic'd or not, or they thought they had cameras on yeah. them or not. It's yeah. just admit, just admit you screwed up and move on. Stop. Yes. Stop playing the victim and saying, Oh, you didn't, there's so many things you didn't see. Like someone needs right. to just get with them and coach them and say, look, you've already, you've been caught with your pants down at this point. Just admit exactly. it. You admit exactly. it, move on, say you're sorry, apologize to the cast um, and just apologize to the fans too, yeah. you know, who are, who are annoyed. And then, yeah, I mean, we'll see, maybe they'll get there. I don't know yeah. if they're doing a, um, reunion or anything with this. I don't, uh, from, from what I'm hearing, no. Yeah, I don't. So it, that would, you know, certainly be interesting, but right. There's a, a whole cottage industry of bachelor sanctioned podcasts for them to, you know, make the rounds at some point, hopefully they will, because yeah, it's getting ridiculous. Well, as you said, when talking about these contestants, especially ones that um, you're put off by their behavior on the show, the best to do is unfollow and ignore. So that's all. Yeah. We're, that's all we're going to say on Brendan and Piper. We'll move on. Um, I want to <laughs> talk about because I was confused on Monday night <clears throat> with Kendall and Joe. I don't understand. I want. Well, let me take that back. I understand Kendall saying I went down there to get some closure because she felt like she didn't have closure in relationships. Now, granted, sometimes in relationships you don't get closure, and that's just the way right. it has to be. Yeah. But I understand <clears throat> she had the ability to go down and get closure from from Joe. However, the conversation that at least was shown to us as the viewer um, and the things that she was saying in ITMs didn't seem like either she had accomplished that closure or – was leaving it open to stuff that wasn't going to change. And the reason they broke up, like she said, was logistics. And right. She's, right. she's still not moving to Chicago and he's still not moving to LA. So why were there lines of her saying, you know, still want to be in your life? Like sometimes you, you can't be in your ex's life, especially when yeah. he's moved on with somebody else. Like I didn't yeah. understand why she went down there. I, I, I mean, I think she went down there because they offered, but also because... Well, other than, yeah, other than the money factor. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I, I think what she said that was most revealing is, like, we didn't break up because we don't love each other. You know, we broke up because of sort of, you know, logistics and the outside forces. So I can see how that would make it even more difficult to let go. And so then, you know, you have producers, you know, inviting her and maybe you can, you know, give it one last shot. Maybe you can, whatever. Like, I can see why that would be tempting. And you're right. And this is the type of situation that they're never going to get closure. They can talk all they want. They're just going to go in circles because they're at an impasse. And, you know, it's, it's too bad because had they lived in the same state, maybe they would be happily married because they seem, you know, very well suited to each other. Yeah. That said, they're never gonna, that's never gonna happen. Uh, so bringing her in just kind of added, I think, a layer of drama to the, you know, the, the happy couple isn't allowed to be that happy in paradise, yeah. you know, so, so it gave us, you know, a day of, you know, agitation that maybe Joe and his, his new love would, would break up. I mean, what is weird to me is that Kendall's like still staying there to quote unquote find love. But even when she said it, she, she, you know, it was clear she didn't even believe it. You know, like yeah. that she was like, Oh yeah, yeah I'm going to stay. It's like, okay, honey, but you're not going to meet me, you know, unless they throw a bunch of guys at you right now, by the time the next rose ceremony comes around, who's going to give you a rose, you know? So 
it it doesn't seem likely to me that that was her real motivation. Um, yeah, it's but, like you know, I don't I, I don't yeah. think she went down there to to inter. Maybe, I don't interfere. Think interfere with Joe, whatever was going on with Joe, because she wouldn't have known what was going on with Joe. Right. But I, she certainly went down there for something that wasn't, I'm here to find love. Like, that wasn't her first reason. I think no, that maybe in the sure. back of her mind it was like, hey, if I meet somebody, that'd be cool. But I think she went down there, if it really was for closure, but then within minutes of their conversation, she's dropping the, I miss you in my life. And he says, I do too. And I'm like, okay, but yeah. now you're not getting closure saying that to each other to me. I think, I mean, I just think they still love each other and they're just grap or did. And they are just, we're just grappling with, you know, a really impossible situation. And I can see why, you know, the relationship was obviously good for a long time. And this was the, you know, the one thing they couldn't fix. And unfortunately it's like, kind of a deal breaker so i don't know it didn't seem that strange to me that that they she was still you know expressing that she misses him and stuff i get that um but yeah i think it was pretty clear that they were just going to keep going in circles and i mean at this point when she came in how long had the show been going like a week like how long had he maybe, known serena uh, yeah maybe maybe seven to ten days at that point yeah. Which is kind of insane. I mean, the whole thing is very insane. Yeah. Um, I do think he and Serena, you know, are a very cute couple. I don't love the age difference, but whatever. And, uh, you know, it's probably, I think it was helpful for Joe at least to, to I think Joe's a fairly, you know, genuine guy in terms of what he says, you know, to, on camera. And I think that, it probably was very helpful for him to realize that he could, you know, actually start liking, you know, falling for another woman after dealing, you know, after going through this very, you know, unfortunate breakup. And I can, it makes sense to me that he was sort of like, look, you know, Kendall, we just know this isn't going to work. And, you know, I'm, I'm, in, I'm happy to learn that I'm able to move on. And so, you know, it's, I, I don't mind the storyline in that way. Um, I, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Kendall, like how much longer she's really going to be there. Um, yeah. I don't think it's much longer, but I, I don't have, Yeah, because the way they're being shown and we had three consecutive weeks of Monday, Tuesday episodes. And now it's, yeah. only, now it's only going to be Tuesdays through the end of the month, but I don't know if it, if that, if the last Tuesday in September is the finale or they was just, that was just the end of the month and they're going to still run it the first two Tuesdays in October and leading we, up we, to leading up to Michelle's right, season, yeah, because yeah, we yeah, know that Michelle yeah. starts on the nineteenth. So, is the fifth and the twelfth of October going to be the final two episodes of Paradise? I think, if I had to guess, I think because well, three more Tuesdays in Paradise, or three more Tuesdays in the month of September, seems like not enough episodes left to cover what still needs to be covered this season. I mean, there are a lot. There are a lot of people there, <laughs> and there's still so. a lot more that need to come in. There's still eight yeah. or ten that haven't come in yet. Oh, God. So. Yeah. Yeah. So it's getting yeah. a little bit crazy. And usually, I mean, I, I in past seasons, there's always been five rose ceremonies. And then that fifth one after that fifth one is then it's like, OK, you need to decide to stay together or break yeah. up and go on overnights. Yeah. We haven't even had, we haven't even had the third rose ceremony yet. I mean, it's I it's upcoming. It'll be next <laughs> week. But geez. 
Oh, yeah, I know. It's really, they're really dragging it out. Um, So so you're probably right. They're probably, and that's probably why they're running it once a week instead of twice, you know, for the rest of the season. So they can go right up to, uh, to. Well, they can't run it on Monday. Yeah. And they can't run it on Monday starting the 20th because Dance with the Stars has two hours that night. Right, 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 right. So now we're looking at, uh, what about the hosts for you? Do you like the rotating hosts down there? Um. Yeah, I mean, I think some are better than others. I really like David Spade. I thought he was hilarious, and I I think great. that he he approached it with exactly the right sort of level of uh, skepticism, but also like with never mocking, never you know being cruel, just sort of the the proper amount of skepticism. I enjoyed um, Lance Bass too. I think we need more gay hosts because, like, I I really do enjoy. Like him, I loved him sitting down with the women and talking, you know, who, who's, who's likes who, you know, just like a little girl talk. Um, Titus is a little much for me. Um, It'll be interesting to see how little John (laughs) works out because he's like, um, I mean, I think he's hilarious and I love him. I love him as an announcer, weirdly enough. Like, I think he's a great announcer. It just, it's a very funny juxtaposition. You know, from the way they, the clip they've shown us, it seems like for a second, like the entire cast is like, wait, who is this when he comes in? But one would assume they would know who he was. Um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, I don't mind the rotating host. I wish they were there a little longer. Like I would have liked more time with uh, David Spade and Lance Bass, but you know. See, I don't. I'm not familiar with Titus's work. I don't watch Unbreakable, Kimmy Schmidt. So I'm. I don't. I didn't know. I had heard his name just by reading you know, reading entertainment yeah. sites. I knew the name and I knew what show he was on, but I never seen Unbreakable, Kimmy Schmidt. So I had no idea about his back. And I know he's got a, a Broadway background as well. Yeah, theater background. Um, but yeah, I thought Spade was great. He played it perfectly. Uh, he did not. You know, he if he played it like straight and tried to be serious about it, it wouldn't have worked that right. exactly what david spade did on that show is exact type of humor he does exactly during his stand-up and they let well, him and be i also spade. liked that and i also like that he clearly was like i don't know if he's a fan or oh how he's, a, su- him, he's a super like, fan yeah, of the show super yeah fan. so then he was invested in the drama and like so he he not only recognized the whole exercise for, you know, the absurd charade that it is, while also being uh, invested in the drama, which is how many of us, if not most of us, watch these shows. So I think he was a perfect sort of viewer surrogate in that way. Just out of curiosity, are you hearing anything? Have you heard anything in regards to Next Host? I have not, you know, and I do wonder... I don't see how they can have Tasha and Caitlin do the bachelor. Um, I'm pretty sure that's not happening. I just, I don't see that happening. I do wonder like if they're thinking going in the direction of doing not necessarily rotating hosts, but um, you know, a guest host per season, um, I can't think of any of the, I mean, I don't, I can't deal with the idea that it would be Wells. I just, I can't, I I don't enjoy Wells. I find him very annoying. I don't think they would give it to him. I think he's too much of a lightweight, but I do want, I mean, do you think there's anyone in the current contestant, you know, uh, population 
that they, a, a male contestant that they might consider, or even a past bachelor. I mean, I guess Sean Lowe is the only one who I would be vaguely okay with. I would not want to see, uh, what's his face, Higgins. Um, I don't know. I just don't know what they're going to do. I almost feel like they want to get sort of, maybe they do a celebrity guest host for a season if they can find somebody who would do 12 weeks or whatever it is. Yeah. I don't think, I know Caitlin and, excuse me. Jeez. I know Caitlin and Tasha are not doing bachelor. All I've heard, all I've heard is they were looking for a permanent host and I don't think it's going to be a former bachelor guy. I don't think it's going to be in-house. I think this is, they're looking yeah. for like a a TV host, someone who has television okay. hosting background, whoever that may be. I haven't heard, I haven't heard any names. That's the thing. Like I haven't either. Yeah. You know, and I wonder, maybe they just go with somebody we've never heard of. It's not like people knew, people outside of, you know, the Texas market knew Chris Harrison when he joined, you know, so, yeah. um, you know, I mean, maybe I, they'll just. I, didn't I didn't I read something where Emmanuel even said like he would be interested in it? I don't know if that was legit. I don't think. But... Yeah, I don't know, but I I don't see them going with him. Um, no, I don't either. I don't think he's um, a big enough name. And maybe he said that without realizing what he would have to do. Like he's got a five day a week job on FS1. I don't, yeah, so I, it's not really you have to travel with the it, show for <laughs> for two months to be the yeah, host. You know. It's it it is for sure a full time job. So yeah, I I haven't heard anything new on the host, but all I all I did hear was the plan was we are going to they they wanted to get a permanent host. In. They want a permanent host and not in house. All yeah, right, well, and, and, I, mean, I, and I don't know if that meant permanent, including Paradise. I would think permanent to me definitely means Bachelor and Bachelorette, but Paradise. Yeah, I don't know if that means Paradise or Paradise next summer. You do the same thing with the rotating celebrity host since it seems to be you know a funny gig this season and uh, i bet you spade would do it again and i wish they would just give paradise to spade yeah just be, give I'd it be to fine spade. With it. Yeah. that would you know what is it three weeks a month like yeah. i feel like he I could uh i mean if they could find him a accommodations that that aren't infested with crash <laughs> Um, yeah, I, yeah, but, I could see him doing it. I would, I would hope they would offer it to him, but I, I just have no idea where they're at. With, yeah, with hosting on this. Um, all right, let's switch gears. I want to talk about some shows going on right now, and sure. some shows that you need that you could request to me. Um, I'm sure there's good ones out there, but I'm so hooked on watching shows from 25 years, binge watching shows from <laughs> 25 years ago that I don't even know if I'll get around to the good stuff. But um, all right. What's going on? Is this surfer show any good? <laughs> I mean, I've only sort of watched it half heartedly. Um, so I, I have, I cannot uh, say confirm or deny whether it's any good. I have to say it's just not my cup of tea. Um, yeah. It's just, so they, it seems like it's well-produced. It seems like, if you're interested in surfing, but it's just, it's just not something I'm interested in. Did you watch F boy Island? I did not. Oh, wow. I, I watched the first like 10 minutes and I just, I don't know. I wasn't that interested and it's hard for me to make space in my brain for another 
sort of trashy reality show since I have so many of those. And another re- thing that really actually influenced my decision is uh, there's a woman at work, Jillian, um, who is sort of, sh- she's very keyed into, you know, she loves a terrible reality dating show. And I asked her, she said, well, you know, I watched it. It was like fine for a, a weekend when you have nothing else, but it just didn't really do it for me. So with those two things, I, you know, I just decided it wasn't for me. I know you enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, and I'm, right. and you're not alone. And it's just, I don't know. I, it just wasn't uh, something that could, could hook me. I mean, it was, it was similar in this, in, in the same vein as a too hot to handle and stuff like that. Yeah. I, just, I just thought it was better than those shows. Yeah. And, and what's the other one on um, too hot to handle. And what was the other sexy single show that's on the streaming service that I'm oh, um, with I mean, the circle or uh, I guess I guess when I was thinking streaming I guess Love Island same same deal same yeah I, I mean uh, I will watch Love Island UK which I love very much and uh, this season's been eh, but in general the summer like garbage that I watch beyond Bachelor uh, shows is you know Big Brother uh, Love Island UK uh, those are the those are the key ones. Are you me. are you enjoying Big Brother this season? I am. I think it's very interesting, and I you know I think there's a really interesting discussion happening around the cookout alliance and, and yeah. you know uh, everything that's going on with that. And it I do uh, I think it's made the game more interesting in terms of what they did in the beginning, where they put people in teams, and so they couldn't just immediately form alliances and mow people down you know what i mean so that was uh i I think it's been a pretty good season i still miss the messy competitions i think it's like a covid thing where the only thing that got really messy was uh, otav this year but uh, i feel like there are fewer of those things where they're like walking through goo or you know having to dive into piles of disgusting substances to find clues um but generally i think it's a good season do you watch it yes but I'm not a longtime fan of the show. I only hopped on two seasons ago. So I saw 21 yeah. and 22. So those are the only past seasons that I have to go off of. I'm not a, I'm not certainly not an expert or a connoisseur on this show. I will say though, that I, I, I have enjoyed this season, not knowing how the past seasons have gone. The fact that the cookout seemed to form pretty early on, yeah, and looks like it's going to come to fruition that these are going to be your final six. Has yeah. has that ever has that That's does that thing. happen a lot? Doesn't don't usually alliances get made early on and they just implode? Often, what happens is they're very big early. You know, like there could be a powerful alliance early on, uh, but they don't generally get this far, especially when they're that big. And um, you know, I think Tiffany deserves so much of the credit for coming up with the, you know, plus one idea so that everyone is, you know, within their alliance uh, has has protection. And I, I can't imagine that people won't be stealing that idea going forward, although, yeah. you know, people will be on the lookout for that idea going forward. Um, but I do, you know, the teams uh, in the beginning was definitely a way to keep things from just uh from an, a main alliance forming in the beginning and just picking off everybody else it be, you know it be, kind of becomes very 
uh, boring, especially if you don't like the alliance. <laughs> and oftentimes the most powerful alliance that might form in the beginning is annoying and you don't like them. So making breaking them into smaller teams and adding the other elements of, you know, your whole team is safe, whatever, that that definitely shook things up. It'll be interesting to see if they do it again this year. But um, I'm, you know, I think it'll be great if the cookout makes it to the final six. Um, and, you know, although Tiffany may have screwed that up this week, I haven't looked at the spoilers, so don't tell me. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, I was just about to say like, Hey, yeah, I was going to tell, I was going to tell people to just turn down their, don't spoil me. okay. Okay. But so let's, let's just say, let's just say the final six are the cookout. Okay. Yeah. And we all know within that cookout, you've got Tiffany, Hannah and Aza versus Xavier, yeah. Derek, and Kylan. So, mm-hmm. so to me, if the final six ends up being the cookout, that HOH competition, whoever wins the competition once they're down to the final six is going to determine the final. Yeah. It's going to determine the final, basically the final two, because let's just say someone on Xavier's side wins it, Xavier, Derek, or Kylan wins it. They're putting two of the girls up, and those three yeah. guys, those three guys are just voting one of the girls out, and now they have the numbers, and those three are gonna, those three guys will ride to the final three. It's so true. That's a good point. And yeah. vice versa, if Tiffany or Aza or Hannah win, um, they're putting two of the guys it's, up, and they're, yeah. and they're riding to the final three. And so that's gonna, it, to me, unless I'm totally missing something here, to me, that's gonna be where the season is determined, and is who wins that. If 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 the cookout is the final six. Who wins that final six HOH is going to determine basically. The yeah, winner. because it and seems you know, like and I and obviously I haven't pay, paid attention to the live feeds. I haven't watched. I haven't read any of the Twitter recaps of the live feeds. So I don't know what's happening behind the scenes in terms of. Um, I mean, I do know that those three women are, are close and I know the three guys are close. I think they even showed it to that on Sunday's episode where Xavier, Derek and Kylan basically said, hey, we're 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 a group. We're we're a three. Let it let it be us as the final three. But again, that could just be words and somebody could be playing somebody. Um, But yeah, if if that is the final six and it's three men and three women, it seems like the winner of that HOH now that people that that will have complete control of the rest of the game Um, unless somebody can get somebody to flip. But yeah, Tiffany, I mean, honestly, if you look at those final six, Tiffany Xavier are the two best players in the game so far this season, in my eyes. I, that's who I right. think have been playing and the best I game. think Xavier, if you had to choose between them, is probably better overall just because he has a better social game. I think Tiffany rubs people the wrong way a lot more than yeah. uh, she means to. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't be mad at either of those scenarios in terms of who, you know, whether it's the women or the men, uh, you know, having having the final three so we'll see but it's it's definitely been interesting and uh i i do i look forward to seeing the jury as they learn what's going on yeah (laughs) it's going to be very interesting yeah because they they all got picked off by this alliance and they're going to realize it at some point but you still have to vote for somebody so it's almost like who didn't piss me off those and it seems like Look, if, if Xavier gets to the final two, I don't see any way he doesn't win. He's too likable of a character. It doesn't seem like he's pissed anybody off. Yeah, he's got the resume. It doesn't seem like he's pissed anybody off. He seems like – but when I see that, I'm like, how do the contestants there not see – if I'm sitting next to him, I can't win. So why would exactly. you keep, you why would you keep him around? Him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I, I do wonder, like, 
yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. I don't want to know, uh, you know, what happens with this week, but um, I I feel like uh, the cookout is is very close to achieving their goals, and I hope they do because I, you know, I I I also kind of love the fact that the first season of this show, at least, where CBS's mandate of you know fifty percent of the players or contestants or participants in a an unscripted show need to be you know uh, BIPOC contestants, that this is a season where then this alliance forms and the black players are dominating. I think that's a really interesting story. And, you know, uh, Julie Chen talked about it in her column with EW, just saying, you know, she doesn't think it's racist. She knows there's a lot of uh, debate about it, but I, I think it's, it's not an easy topic to discuss, but it's an interesting and sort of necessary conversation to have, especially given the past history of this show and just reality in general, how white it is. So uh, definitely, definitely making some type of progress. <laughs> it isn't always the smoothest progress, but it's definitely interesting. Well, one thing I find about the, the cookout was the fact that it's only six. And when they formed this six, they didn't have the numbers. They There was yeah. still more than 12 people left in the show. So mm-hmm. they didn't have the majority. And the fact that they've basically carried out everything they said they were going to do, you can't not, be impressed by it. And you know, the race right. card, people throwing out the race card on this. It's like, okay, if you want to throw out the race card that six black people got together and decided to vote out other white contestants, it's like, but they're not voting out the white contestants because they hate white people or they're against it. Yeah. Whereas in past seasons, so I've been told that it was clear white contestants targeted the minorities on the show because there were less of them on the show. They've never had well, right. this many and in the past. So they're just like, in, well, let's just get rid of them and stick a, you know, us together. And it seemed more of a racial thing when it was the other way around. But I'm also kind of a novice when it comes to Big Brother. It's just what I've heard. I mean, two seasons ago, there was a, a big sort of hullabaloo. And I think maybe that was a season you were watching where initially there was the banishment room and like, you know, the the white head of household or whoever uh, voted to banish like four non-white contestants. Oh, yeah. And it was really yeah, that bad. was Jack. That was Jackson yeah, season, so season twenty-one. Yeah. That's that's what I would say is I don't you know without having watched all the live feeds of every season, I don't believe there's ever really been an explicitly race-driven uh, alliance where the white people are ganging up on non-white people. I think it's it's very implicit and very sort of ingrained, you know a lot of these people, you know, probably don't live in diverse communities. A lot of these people, you know, they team up with people that they are most comfortable with. And yeah. as you said, there are going to be fewer non-white contestants uh, in the past and that's how it played out. And so there were plenty of alliances that turned out to be white people picking off non-white people. So it doesn't seem like it should be at all a scandal that now there's alliance of you know black people picking off yeah, non black people for twenty and so for twenty two yeah. seasons black people have gotten picked off this show seemingly rather early and don't last on this show because there's fewer of them cast so what's the big deal about these six bipoc contestants getting together and saying it's not let's go after the white people it's let's yeah. us stick together. And let's exactly. let's make history. And they've done it. Exactly. I don't, there's nothing and racist in done. that. And the thing that I that I don't like in terms of what's getting lost here is they're all really good players. Yeah. You know, that's the other thing. If they were terrible players, 
you know, uh, even Derek F, you know, he's not a competition threat at all, but he's got a social game that's good. So they're all really good players. And that's why this alliance has worked. You know, it's not because, like you said, they didn't even have the numbers at the beginning. It's because they played so well. And Tiffany in particular with her idea, the plus one idea, she like, that's why it's worked because they're really good players. So let's put everything else aside and just you know, at the end of the, when you're voting in jury, you're supposed to vote for the person who played the best game. These people played the best game. Yeah. I mean, Derek, like you said, not great in competitions. However, <laughs> when the audience was allowed to give them BB bucks, uh-huh. he, he was at the top. So clearly he's liked by the audience, even though he's yeah. got no game whatsoever when it comes to comps. Well, and he's, you know, he's obviously liked by the house guests and yeah. he's, you know, he's got a good social game. And so uh, I think that's, you know, I think that's you got it. That shouldn't be overshadowed in this situation. They've made it this far because they've played the game well. And, you know, and by the way, good for them for having a mission, you know, to have the first black winner. Great. Yeah. Good. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's about time. You know, like, let's let's do it up. I'm excited to see it happen. Okay. I know we only got about 10 minutes left here. So I wanted to, there's two shows I want to cover. Um, one of them debuted last night. I haven't recorded, haven't watched it yet, but I'm really interested in watching impeachment. Have you seen, um, advanced copies of other episodes? Like how many episodes were you able to see? Seven. Oh, so you, seven out of 10. So you've you've watched seven. Yes. Okay. Um, My, my reviews up online. Um, but I will say I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm interested in notice. I've noticed that a lot of the, not all, but some of the negative or mixed reviews have, it's been more men having sort of negative or mixed reactions to this. Um, I think, I think it's, uh, it's not as good as my all time favorite American crime story, which is uh, assassination of Gianni Versace, but I think it's very well done. I think it's interesting in that no one is trying to redeem Linda Tripp, you know, uh, Beanie Feldstein as Monica Lewinsky, she is portraying herself, uh, or she's portraying this character and Monica Lewinsky was involved in, in the whole show. Like she's a flawed at times, very annoying at times, you know, really ridiculous young woman, but she's a human woman who Who was 22 at the time. (laughs) Yeah. A full fledged character who, who made her own mistakes, but was clearly, uh, you know, taken advantage of by this man in power. I think I, I really enjoyed it. I, I think they're, um, the first episode, just FYI, so much gets packed into that episode. It's almost, it's almost too difficult to follow. Um, but once you get past that and the sort of the multiple storylines and timelines are established, it gets uh, a lot smoother. I would also say that Annalie Ashford, who plays Paula Jones, is fantastic. She should be cast in everything. Um, so, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm interested to see the remaining episodes. I would say, like, if you're if people are hesitant, like they don't want to watch something that's going to glorify Monica Lewinsky or somehow redeem uh, Linda Tripp. That's not that's not what's happening here. The, there's a lot of really complex Sarah Paulson is exceptional as Linda Tripp and she really kind of uh, brings to life the very complex and contradicting contradictory motivations that she had uh, for all her actions. Um, Yeah. So I, I enjoyed it. I think it's uh, worth checking out. Yeah. I'm interested because 
it's just fascinating to look at the media coverage of that back then and the fact that mm-hmm. when the president of the United States was having an affair with a 22-year-old intern, the media in the 1990s was blaming her. And there's no, oh, 100%. no chance yeah. in hell if that happened now that the media would blame the woman. And I find that and, fascinating yeah. how things have changed. And it, and it it's just, it's crazy. And we do. I mean, it, it, it may seem like hyperbole, but we all owe Monica Lewinsky an apology for the way we she was treated. We absolutely do. And, and you know what's interesting, too, is, um, you know, if you remember to People versus OJ, there yeah. was an element of that, too, where it really, like, we all had to realize how terrible we as a country were to Marsha Clark and the, you know, the sexist way she was treated. I think there's a little bit, um, the, the power of that message with, uh, impeachment is a little dampened just simply because it's been three, four years since, you know, the me too movement. And we, we've, it's no longer a shock to us to look back and be like, Oh God, we were terrible to this poor woman. That said, it's still very well portrayed and you still definitely, you know, it's very emotional and very affecting to see how, how it played out when in fact, you know, nobody was like, nobody, the the motivations for going after the president were purely political. Nobody gave a shit about what happened to Paula Jones or what happened to Monica Lewinsky. It was, you know, and that, that is particularly galling. Yeah, it's it'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. I um I'll watch I'll watch uh last night's episode premiere tonight and then obviously we get one episode a week. Uh, I want to wrap things up with our favorite show, Cobra Kai. Yes. They have said December. They haven't given a date yet. Um but it looks like it's it's definitely dropping in December. We'll get, you know, all 10 episodes or maybe they're doing 12 this season. I don't know if they've even announced that, but um Certainly, I'm looking forward to it. What I want to ask you is, because it was not the most well-received movie, but we know (laughs) um, that uh, Terry Silver from Karate Kid 3 is going to play a role in season four of Cobra Kai. Did you go back and refresh your memory? Because I did two nights ago, and I watched Karate Kid 3. Oh, yeah. I didn't go back and watch the whole movie, but I went back to you know, refresh my memory. And yeah, I think, I do think, you know, yeah, it was definitely not a well-received movie and it's kind of a ridiculous movie that said, um, he's a, he's a good villain. Oh, and he was, he was and awesome him, in that and I, movie. And the, the, the fleshing out they did in season three of Kreese's backstory with him in Vietnam in the, in that, you know, incredibly cheesy Vietnam set, which is amazing. Um, That was great. And that worked. And I think they've done such a good job redeeming or, or fleshing out these, these characters who were essentially two dimensional in the films. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see what they do with Terry. And um, I don't even know, you know, how much I'm sure there will be plenty of Easter eggs and I'm sure there will be plenty of, you know, funny callbacks, but I, I do, I'm excited for him to come in just because he's obviously just a, a good character. Um, and he's going to get a real character beyond, you know, evil ponytail guy in the hot tub. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, well, that's the thing. Like the, the crazy thing, is, he was a great villain in three, yeah. regardless of what you thought of the plot of the movie or how everything went. It, yeah. It yeah. was definitely very dark. That movie was yes. so much darker than one and two. And it was just yeah. like all about revenge and 
wanting to really hurt people and stuff like yes. that. Like a, when yeah. I watched it the other night, trust me, I've seen the movie 50 times, but I was watching it again. I was like, man, this is dark. Um, yeah. But the thing about it's it grim. is Terry Silver is a great villain. Um, you know, he's going to come back and probably help crease. I, you know, who knows? Maybe they're going to make it spin like they did with, with chosen where they make him, you know, redeem yeah. himself or yeah. something like that. Yeah. But the funny thing about the whole thing with Karate Kid 3 is Terry Silver, you know, trains Ralph Macchio and then as a, you know, to try and get him to come to Cobra Kai, but it was all a ruse the whole time. Yeah. The fact of the matter is Ralph Macchio is six months older than Thomas Ian Griffith in real life. That's what's crazy about it. But oh it was believable. But it was believable watching um, Karate Kid 3 that this was an older man teaching a younger kid totally karate. Was. But yeah, yeah, Ralph Macchio is six months older than Thomas Ian Griffith. But now... And, and not to comment on somebody's looks, but Thomas Ian Griffith looks a lot, a hell of a lot older now too than than Ralph Macchio. But then again, I mean, I mean, Ralph Macchio is just blessed. Yeah, um, and I I feel like even if if they looked the same age at this point, they could you know make Thomas Ian Griffith look older. Yeah. Um, but it yeah, it'll, it'll be uh, it's going to be hilarious to just I'm I'm excited that they. Uh, are doing it. I do wonder what they're going to do in subsequent seasons once they're, you know, I don't know how many seasons they see, but like once they've kind of mined the original, like, is there anybody left, you know, for them to bring back? Oh, trust me. I was talking about this with my friends. The only like big, big kind of name from the first three movies that hasn't been brought back would be Dutch from Cobra Kai, uh, but he can't, he's not interested in doing it. He's got a racing career, Chad McQueen. Yeah. Steve, yeah. Steve McQueen's son. So I've heard he's out. So I guess the only other thing would be if they delve into the newer ones, do you go the Hillary Swank route or do you go the Jaden Smith route? I don't know if they want to include those. Yeah. In I don't this know series. if that like technically exists in the same universe. Yeah. Right? So yeah, that's why I was like, that's the only other big name that they have not put in. Well, I mean, Terry, we obviously know is coming this season. What we don't know is Mike is, is, is Mike Barnes going to be part of it? Sean Kanan. Right. The all my children. Right. 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 Yeah. I would think so, but that would be the only big name left. If you don't get Dutch, then the only big name from the first three movies that hasn't appeared would be uh, Mike Barnes. And he's, you know, they had the villain from season one, Johnny, you had chosen from season two show up uh, in season three. It would make sense to bring Mike Barnes in somehow, and especially since yeah. we know that Terry Silver is going to be there, and that was his guy. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, you would think, and if and if anybody knows, it's going to be you because you're going to have to do a pre a preseason interview <laughs> with him and have to keep exactly. quiet about it. Yeah, um, so I will. Uh, yeah, you'll keep, you'll keep more quiet to, more that. to come on that. Yeah. For sure. Um. So yeah. So anyway, Chris, I know you got to go. So thank you so much uh, for doing this. Great talk again. Um, follow you, follow her, uh, all of her stuff on EW.com. And, uh, again, I appreciate it. And we will be in touch. Talk soon. All right. Thank you so much to Kristen for coming on. I love talking TV with her and, you know, talked a little paradise, but, uh, I, I should have planned that out better. I wanted to spend more time talking about Cobra Kai. We had to rush that the last five minutes cause she had to go, but, um, always fun talking to her about TV and, um, yeah, that's why I've had her on. This is probably her fourth, fifth time on the podcast. So, yeah, she's definitely a regular uh, that I'll bring on um, when new TV seasons start and stuff like that. So thanks to her. Thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Uh, please rate, subscribe, and review in Apple Podcasts. Also, wish me luck this weekend as I'm back 
in Vegas for my first week of NFL trip, my annual trip. Don't think I would be doing an Olive Garden jaunt this time. Uh, like I said in my column the other day, I'm just like, hey, can you beat it? I was the first customer in the history of the Olive Garden on the Vegas Strip. Going back would almost seem like a disappointment. <laughs> like, I should just keep it. That should be, like, my only appearance ever at that Olive Garden is, hey, I was your first. I don't need to come back ever again. Um, but we'll see. Who knows? I might get a breadstick craving while I'm there. But, um, yeah, so as you're listening to this, I'm probably going to be there, I think. I'm definitely going to be there this weekend. I'm determining on when I'm going. Anyway, um, again, please rate, subscribe, and review in Apple Podcasts. And we'll be back next week with another podcast. Um, I believe Game of Roses is coming on again next week. So we'll have them back on talk what's going on in their lives, their book, their popularity that has risen within the franchise the fact that everybody that does a hooju sends them a video uh we'll talk about all that next week with the game Roses, uh, podcast. so the person baldwin i'm reality steve thank you all for tuning in and we will talk to you next week See ya!